the reason you've been blessed with seed back out of your harvest is not so you and I can just have that barn full of seed and just watch it wilt and wither and go be no good. It's so we can keep sowing more seed. He causes there to be a bountiful return so that there can be a further harvest. There is more, more to knowing Jesus, more to being a believer than just learning how to act right or stay out of trouble with God. The greatest adventure of my life has been following the real Jesus seeing Him move in power and might far beyond the walls of church on Sunday morning, alive and at work in the hearts of real people in real situations. Join me, Pastor David Walker, from our home base of Alamo City Church in San Antonio, Texas, as we discover a life of radical joy, power, and freedom in following the real Jesus. He has more for you than you could ever imagine. I want to talk to you this morning along, along this line. And this may not sound so strange, but I think sometimes it can be remote to what we really would be convinced God is concerned about. And it's this. You and your finances matter to the Lord. You and your finances. You and your provision, provision, the level of, the absence of, the need for provision <laughs> matter to the Lord. In fact, third in line of the requests that Jesus says we have the right to ask the Father to meet. Third in line is, give me this day my what? My daily bread, my, what I need for today, what I need for today. It's about provision. It can be financially, but spiritually, emotionally. Bread is a word and a concept and a, a mental image that gives the idea if, you, if, I, if, I, if I can have enough bread, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to make it. If, if I can't eat, but that can be physically, spiritually, emotionally, I'm going to struggle. So he says, you can pray this way. Father, give me, and another way to put it, Father, give me what you know I need. Give me what I need. Now again, if it wasn't necessary for us to pray in that way, ask in that way, why did Jesus say, do it? If, if it was all going to come anyway. But what if there are some further dimensions? of the Lord satisfying a deeper, greater place of the need for provision in our hearts that He waits for us to ask Him to give us. He feeds the birds of the air. You know, that, all that statement, the birds of the air, they, they don't, you know, they, they don't have to worry about what they're going to eat or where they're going to sleep. They just, it's just provided for them. Well, there's some degree of that that can be true of humanity. But I believe this is just at another whole level of satisfying somebody's soul, refreshing somebody's heart, stimulating a vision and a dream of something that God really wants to do in you and through you, that it will only come about when we take the Lord's words to heart. So in another way to put those first three statements would be this. When he says, our Father who art in heaven, we've been on that for a while, thy kingdom come, or come kingdom of God, the verb is first, and then the, then the subject. It's emphasizing calling forth, that imperative, that kind of a heart before the Lord, believing that we have that kind of 
permission with him, come kingdom of God, be done will of God on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Another bit of phrase that might be in the place of come kingdom of God, to say it this way. Own my heart, Lord. Own my heart. I mean, kings need a kingdom. King Jesus, kingdom. By the work of his spirit, he's, he's able to do that work of taking who he is and what he's all about and his, his love for you and for me and causing it to work in the depths of our heart. The love of God being shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, Romans 5, 5. Lord, own my heart. Own my heart. That's the first one. Then the second one where, where he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth. What if we use the phrase, own my heart, direct my steps. Direct my steps. Take over my choices. In other words, Lord, I want you to put me in the place that you wanted me to be because you're taking me there by the insight and instruction you've given. Own my heart. Direct my steps. And then... Give me what I need, Lord. I think it's very significant, the lineup there. You give me this day my daily bread is not just, a, you know, a free radical out there. It's not an it, it's not a, a asteroid floating around. Give me my daily bread. Give me my daily bread. No, no. The pattern is important. My father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, own my heart, direct my steps, give me what you know I need. Meaning that I'm in the place that he's put me with the assignment that he's given me and the confidence because he's a good and loving and loyal and faithful and powerful and wealthy father, he wouldn't put me in that place if he wasn't planning on providing for me in that place. Go back to that Galatians 4. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Understand that you're no longer a slave, but you're a son, a daughter, a real, legit child of the king through faith in Jesus. No longer a slave, but a son, a daughter. And if a son, if a daughter, then an heir through God. What if there is supposed to be an ongoing flowing into us and operating within us sense of Jesus alive within, causing there to be this, this unshakable confidence in the Father whom he would call Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa, closest term of endearment that a child in, those, in that culture and that we today could make of an earthly father, a heavenly father, Abba that it's settled in our spirits that we can, we can turn our lives over to him because he's not going to crush us. We, we can open our hearts up and we say, Lord, own me, because we know that the one who we're saying own me loves me and, and will fight for me if he needs to and has my best in his heart. Own me. Direct me, direct my steps, and then, Lord, give me what you know I need. You know, there, there, are, there are folks that can be in financial need, in a sense, but have all kinds 
of resources materially. And, and the, the need there is, is that the money doesn't satisfy. I mean, it, 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 it's having to have another thing, and then the next thing only lasts 30 minutes or less. What, what if the Lord is, is wanting to, because it's, it, it, it's not always just the poor physically that, that would make up the kingdom of God, but it's folks who've been, who have been blessed with plenty, as well as those who are having to trust the Lord for the next utility payment. But what if in both of those settings and all across that spectrum, the, the Lord is saying, I, I know what you need in the financial part of your life. And I want you to know you can count on me to meet the need in that area. For the wealthy, if you just stare at the zeros and the one or two other digits that may be there, but you can't keep your family together. But that, 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 it, that, it's, that, that it's as if there's a hollowness about what, what if the Lord would say, and it will go back to even with those who may be struggling for provision because the income and the resources are very much smaller. He's saying, I don't want you to keep it. I want you to give it away. I'm not, I'm not con so concerned about how much you've got as I am concerned about how much you give. What, what, if, what if that triggers an incredible amount of joy just flowing into a life of someone who has something to give, and they give it away, and they're not telling the world they're doing it, but they just slip it in, and they bless a life, and they somehow realize that that life was blessed and was encouraged and heaven was blessed and encouraged because of the praises that go up. Okay. Uh, the reason that I feel the need to address that is that we as an American church are not a poverty-stricken church. We, we, we have more on the low end than most Christians around the world have on the high end. That's just the truth. But we can whine and we can complain and we can doubt and we can question and the Lord would bring us back to this place. Here, here, is, here is what I want you to know. I care about your finances. I care about all the levels of who you are. But the key for there to being, what you want for there to be in the fulfillment of your life in your finances is that it's, it's along this flow. You, you, you let me own your heart. You invite me to direct your steps. And then in those places and those times where you need provision, again, the high-end emotional provision, Lord, I don't have any joy, but I've, I have all my bills paid. I know how to cause you to step into a place of fresh joy, but it will be because I work within your heart a fresh sense of give it away, give it away. The ones on the poor end, where I don't, Lord, give, give to me what you know I need. And the confidence being, the certainty that he, that he will do that. He will give it. Now, some of you are looking at me like that calf, looking at Newgate, that deer in the headlights. But I'm telling you, he, he knows what it is that you need most to hear today and most to know today about your finances and about provision. Let, let me show you just a couple of spots, and there's one page after another. Find the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 15, and then there's another spot in Matthew chapter 16, but it's all about Jesus when he ran up against a, a provision shortage. Jesus didn't have the provision to meet the need that was before him. And what happened? 
And it is going to be the spirit of this Jesus, his spirit being poured into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, that is intended to awaken in us the same kind of trust that we would have for the Father in a place of shortage of provision as Jesus had when he was in this place. Some of you are going to say, I wasn't maybe 5,000 or 4,000, but I've been in a place where there have been a bunch of people looking at me, looking to me for provision, and I didn't know what to do. This is, this is verse 32 of Matthew 15. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the multitude because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I don't wish to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, where would we get so many loaves in a desolate place to satisfy such a great multitude? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few small fish. And he directed the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and giving thanks, he broke them and started giving them to the disciples and the disciples in turn to the multitude. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces and were seven large baskets full. And those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. There there is another account of the similar kind of thing in chapter 14, and it's, it's the 5,000 being fed. But Jesus didn't have anything to start with. He didn't have anything in his pockets. He didn't have anything in a grocery store. All he had was what the disciples would have collected. But he took what he had He thanked the Lord, he thanked the Father, and he blessed it, and he just kept giving it away. Why did he do that, and how could he do that seemingly without flinching? The story is just very straightforward, very clear. It's because he had the confidence that he could say to his Father, Give me what I need. Give me what I need. For the Lord to bless you financially does not necessarily mean that he keeps you in a place where there is never a time or a setting like this where the provision that you have available seems absolutely impossible in in the face of the need. (laughs) Said that it's it's the poor who get, who get rich in faith. Because they've been time after time after time, some of you would have to say, that wasn't just a segment of my life, that was my life for a while. More mouths to feed, more needs to meet, more burdens to carry in a sense for provision that I didn't have on my own. Somehow there was that sense in your heart, believing that the Lord had put you in that place, and they wouldn't have put you in that place if he, intended, if he didn't intend to provide for you in that place. And so without a sense of total despair, there was that sense of being able to look up and be able to say, Lord, give me what you know I need. I'm telling you, folks, that causes you to be invincible in this life. That is causing you to have spiritual muscles that ones who never get challenged will never know about. They'll just see a picture of it off in the distance. Well, now you get like that. You get like that by the Lord showing you 
that in the place of your nothing, he can be your everything. So that you can stare the face, stare in the face, all kinds of things that would be imposing and defeating and, and conquering. And it doesn't shake you anymore because you understand when I'm nothing, he's everything. When I'm weak, he's strong. And he will hear me when I say to him, when I cry out to my Abba Father, give me, Father, what you know I need. I'm just saying I believe the Lord's wanting to, to make that pervasive among his people, regardless of whether we're on the high end or the low end or anywhere in between on the financial spectrum. The Lord would want us to understand. You can say to me, when, 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 you, have, when you have said, Lord, own my heart, that's kingdom come, kingdom, kingdom of God, king, rule in my heart, own my heart, and direct my steps. Take me where you want me to be. Put me where you want me to be. And then, Lord, give me. I'm trusting you to give me what you know I need. If there are things financial that we're talking about, which is what we are, and we're, we're wanting to secure the Lord's blessings financially, then we need to find out what in the Scripture, where are there references in the Scripture to Jesus talking about finances? And Jesus talking about giving direction for our finances. Own my heart, direct my steps. Go with me to the last chapter of the third book in your Bible, the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus 27, this book of the law, page after page after page. But, but here, here on the last of all of that listing of things, Something related to finance is stated. It goes like this. Verse 30. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Meaning, the income from the harvest, even down to the smallest seed of the harvest, is holy to the Lord. It's His. It's His. It's not the farmer's. It doesn't belong to the harvester. It's his. Now, now, when we say, own my heart, and then we say, direct my steps, that there are some things we don't have to pray, Lord, help me to know your will, help me to understand your will, as if it is something unknowable unless he speaks something fresh. <laughs> there are a lot of things he's already spoken to, and this is one of them. Well, somebody says, well, that's, that's Old Testament, and we're, we're under grace now. We're, we're not under any of the old. Hold that thought clearly in your brain. Remember what I just said, and then go with me to Matthew chapter 23. And verse 23, in case we're feeling like that somehow we can dodge that bullet of the first 10. And this isn't about, this isn't about some, some harsh, you do this to get forgiven, you do this to make God not mad at you. This is, this is just what, what, is, what is pointed out by Jesus with regard to how he sees things related to finances, and in particular, the tithe thing. So, he's, he's on the scribes and Pharisees. This is verse 23, Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint 
and dill and cumin, smallest seeds in your garden, count them out, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, being justice and mercy and faithfulness. Then he says, but these are the things you should have done. You should have done justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These are the things you should have done, look, without neglecting the others. Without neglecting what others? The counting out of your tithe of your, the seeds from your garden. Now, now that wasn't Paul saying that. It had been enough if Paul had said that or Timothy. This is Jesus. So, so what it is to be understood is that, that for Jesus to not totally negate the part of that first 10% belonging to the Lord, he restates it from his own mouth, but it is to be understood that it's only a beginning point, right? It's only a beginning point. Now, the importance of it, you, you can see it again, and we've read this one many times, there, there was a curse. It was just a curse on the whole nation. Last book in the... Okay, so get this. This is, this is for the important purpose of, 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 of creating a, a sense of this is a big deal. This is important. The last chapter of Leviticus, he talks about that. The tithe is holy to the Lord. The last book in your Old Testament is picking up the same thing. And he's saying, the reason you're cursed as a nation with a curse is because you were taking what belongs to the Lord and you're using it for other things. So he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it may not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will the vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. You break the curse that is on you by obeying me and honoring me in giving back to me what belongs to me. David would say, I will run the way of your commandments, Lord, because you will enlarge my heart. For someone who's hearing this with the, the Spirit of Jesus working inside us, we, we don't hear this as being harsh and cold and cruel. We just hear it as, a, this is the way it works. And, 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 and this is where I want to find the blessing of the Lord. I, I want, just say this, own my heart, order my steps, give me what you know I need. It's in that order. So, so the order of my steps is, is going to mean that I'm taking into account from the Scripture what the Lord says is important in what He, what he looks at and how we've handled and how we are handling our finances. This is such a joyful subject to me, and I, I want it to come across that way, because I don't know of a single instance in over 40 years of ministry where somebody who, who really bought into this and said, Lord, I've missed it before, but I really want you to own my heart, and I really want my finances to honor you from the, from the get-go, and I'm going to believe, Lord, that you will give to me what I need on the basis of that. I have not known of one single sliver of a human being who has said, that was a bad choice, Pastor. That was a dumb statement you made. On the other hand, there's some of y'all sitting there right now, you got your hands on your chair, because if you had the chance, you'd get up and stand in that chair and say, let me tell you my story. I was convinced I couldn't afford it. I was convinced it wouldn't work. But then, you don't start with God giving, giving some. You start with Him owning your heart and winning your heart, loving your heart, you know, persuading and convincing you from the top to the bottom of who you are, that He loves you, He's committed to you, He's powerful, He's faithful. He'll never quit on you. He's the king of all the universe, and he's picked you as his child. Trust me. You know, from that place, okay, 
<laughs> okay? Then direct me, Lord, how do you want me to live? What do you want me to do? Not a rocket scientist, but I can do some math. I can do one out of ten. And it seems as if it's a small thing, but it's an amazing thing because he speaks that our hearts are owned. We are seeking his direction. And then when he puts us in a place that he's directed us to, and it may not be that it's that we're having to find provision for milk in the refrigerator or or, or to to, to pay a utility bill, it's because he's put you in a place of a dream. He's put you in a place that is bigger than anything you could imagine. Many people that may be influenced by what you do and, 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 and who you are, and, and here you are overwhelmed with the sense of responsibility or the dream. Lord, give me. Give me this day, in this place, what you know I need. Don't you lock Jesus, the real Jesus, up inside some church building. Don't you try to keep him still nailed to a cross. He's not on the cross. He's not in Mary's lap. He's, as we love to say, he's out of the tomb, and he's right here in this room. So when we leave here, you go get in your truck, or you go get in your car, and you go to work. He is where you are, not where you were. And so he plants us. He planted Joseph. He planted Daniel. He planted David. He planted others in places of incredible secular influence. And in those places, you taught them, as I own your heart, David, as I own your heart, Joseph, and you are looking to me to direct your paths, then wherever I put you, in whatever setting, secular, pagan, religious, you can say to me, Abba, give me what you know I need. The the, the glorious thing about that, the great thing about that is he knows better than you and I do what he needs to give us. He sees the implications, the ramifications much farther than we do. Give me this day, Lord, what you know I need. Now, I want to take this just a little bit further on this thing of that, that, that the, the 10% is just, that's just the, that's just the kickoff. But, but, but because we're, we're understanding that he, he, he owns my heart, that means he owns everything I've got. And stuff I don't have, he owns it all. It's a, it's a joke. It's blind arrogance for man or woman to say, I am a self-made man. Then where'd you get your air? Okay. So, so when he has us up the place of understanding we are, we are his child looking to our father, and that his heart is to own our hearts, to warm our hearts, to heal our hearts, to fill our hearts, to refresh our hearts by the power of his spirit, and then to take us from therein, okay, there is that trust that has been developed and that love has been developed, and so I will trust that what he says for me to do is the right way for me to do it. It pleases him, and it's right, and it'll end up in a good place. So I do that, and I end up in a place where I have to have his provision or the ship is going down. And from within me, give me, Lord, what you know I need. I'm wanting to say that to some startup company person who knows Jesus. Jesus led you with that dream. Give me, Lord, what you know. If that's favor with, an, with investors, if that's, if that's an open opportunity, if a new way to do things, whatever, whatever those things would be, he owns your heart, he's directed your steps, and you're in a place where there is impossible or impossible needs to be met. But as you are there, 
It's in your heart. <laughs> Give me, Father. This day, what you know I need. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Now this I say, Paul writes, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The first word there is giver. God loves a giver, and it, and it helps if they're cheerful, you know. But that's what he's saying. That, that, that the, 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 re, the reason you've been blessed with seed back out of your harvest is not so you and I can just have that barn full of seed and just watch it wilt and wither and go be no good. It's so we can keep sowing more seed. He causes there to be a bountiful return so that there can be a further harvest. Because in, 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 the, in, the harv- in, in, the, in the sowing of the seed, that's where somebody who has plenty of it to sow or somebody who's just got one or two kernels of grain in their pocket, they still sow it and they see it germinate and they watch what happens and, and the return brings joy to their heart. Mm. So, in Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, instruct, this is 1 Timothy 6, 17, instruct those who are rich in this present world, not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Saying within the body of Christ then, as is the case today, there's some folks that are just going to have more in the bank and more property and more whatever than others will have. <laughs> He's saying, you instruct them, Timothy, to not get conceited that because they've got more material than other folks that that means they're a hot rock in heaven somehow. You teach them to be ready to share. You teach them to be generous. Why is that? Why is that? Because Jesus has said there's a greater blessing in giving than there is in hanging on. Father, will you give me this day my daily bread? What if, what if, what if that instruction is give it? Here's my daily bread for you. That needs to go. And here's who it needs to go to. And, and watch what I do as you obey me in that way. Ones who, who would say, okay, I've, I've missed it some on this tithe thing, and I've missed it, I've missed it, but I've seen that there's stuff that's eaten away, and there hasn't been plenty, hasn't been abundance. And then so you, 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 check, you check the deal there. I've been using God's money on me, and I, I, I repent of that. That's Malachi 3. So I draw a line, I stop, and I start honoring the Lord with the first 10%. Do the math, 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 do the math. Start there. And, 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 and the joy of that, the curse gets broken, and things begin to happen. But then, then he takes you further, and there's some special need that comes up or something you're drawn to, and, 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 and you, you, you find something in your heart, an amount in your heart that you need to give, feel like you need to contribute to, and so you do it. It, 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 it isn't that, it, that we just flip God that proverbial quarter 
and expect him to just handle all things in this vociferous way financially for no he he knows what he's getting and and, and it isn't so much about the the amount necessarily as it is the percent you hear that and if you don't have an income you don't have a tithe but you there may there be something that you he would want you to give out of what you do have the, the, the tithe is tied to income flowing in okay that's what it is and, and so here's here's the sad deal if he can't trust us with fifty thousand dollars a year how foolish are we to think it's going to be half a million a year huh so 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 he would say and it's not complicated Let's just fix it. What belongs to him belongs to him. And so we honor that. And he will prove as we do that that it is the invisible that controls the visible. That's one of the things he's wanting to teach us with all of this. The invisible controls the visible. He'll say in Malachi 3, you test me in this and see if this doesn't work. You bring back to me an honor me without which I belongs to me, and you watch how I will break the curse and bless you the way I want you to be blessed. Provision will be there, plenty even beyond. I, I will so often hear the report of those who, who step into this. They really want to be a part of the, the group that goes to heaven saying, Lord, I didn't learn everything down here, but this is one thing I did learn. It's your spirit that controls the material. It's the invisible that controls the visible. And Lord, here, here's what I learned. As we locked into that and we began to honor you in that way, and as you would prompt us to give more, we'd give more. Lord, I'm going to tell you, you you, you blew our hat in the creek. We, we, we've always had more than just a little old bitty bit. And there are a bunch of you listening today who could say that, couldn't you? He blesses those he knows he can afford to bless. Now, what do you mean by afford to bless? I mean ones that have picked up on his principles, and he owns your, he owns our hearts as best we can do it. And we're seeking to follow him. He knows that, and, and he knows that if the if the income goes from fifty thousand to one point five million in a year, nothing changes about your heart. Yes, sir. But if that isn't settled, then why should he ever take it from here to here? He's the loving enough father that he does not want the material to ruin his children. So he will give us these instructions, these, this is the way it works. Own my heart, Lord. Win and own my heart. You are the king, you are the Lord, you are the master. Show me what to do. Written word, it's there, I do it. And then as he continues, the steps of a good man, Psalm 37, the steps of a good man, good woman, are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in their way. If that, young, if that man or woman should fall, he will not be cast headlong, David wrote, because the Lord is the one who has hold of his hand or her hand. The steps of a good man are good, ordered by the Lord, ordered by the Lord, ordered by the Lord. So here's Jesus, owned by the Spirit of the Lord, seeking direction from the Father. That's why he, they couldn't find him so many times. He was out alone. Said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I can't say anything unless you tell me what to say. I can't do anything unless you give me to do. So he had heard, evidently, there were going to be, he knew there were going to be that many and he knew he had no provision. But he also knew that his father would not put him in a place that he would not be given provision to meet the need. And so he did. Well, what do you have? Five loaves, two fish, eight loaves, whatever it was. The second, you know, and, and so he, he, he took it and he prayed over it. And he lifted up to the Lord and, Father, this is yours. Do whatever 
you desire to do. And, and, and so he, he began to break the bread and give the pieces and the fish and so forth. And it just kept happening. Unfo- a supernatural creation miracle all over again. I'm just saying to you folks, there's some of you that the Lord will have you in places because he owns your heart, because you're trying to follow his direction, and he will have you in a place to trust him, to believe him, to say, to say, these are the words, give me this day my daily bread. Give me, Father, what you know I need. All of this is so much tied to the operation of the Holy Spirit of Jesus working in our hearts. If you're not hearing the prompting of the Spirit, this, this, this will sound like it's cold and it's harsh and it's, here's the bar, see if you can jump it, when that's not it at all. When it is the voice of His Spirit to your spirit, it will be one with a smile on His face and a twinkle in His eye saying, come on, come on. You can trust me in that. I've got something that I want you to see that will thrill you. Your Lord will hear you when you say, give me what I need. And at that moment, we're saying, the Lord of the invisible, be the Lord of the visible. Cause what doesn't exist in the natural to exist in the natural. Let me tell you a story from Shirley in my past. You, you, you don't always know, seldom do we know all the different ways the Lord's working to meet needs in our lives. And we, we found ourselves with three children, who many of you helped us raise, by the way. You get all the credit, none of the blame for what went on. All three of them wanted to go to college. And, um, you know, we, we don't have the means, didn't have the means to write checks and so forth at that point in time. And so we, we were praying, Lord, will you, will you show us what to do? Lord, give us this day our daily bread for, for our college, our kids' education. Felt that it was a need for them, for their future. Out of the blue, a friend, a brother in Jesus, a man came to me privately, and he said, David, and he called his wife's name, we want to help Abby, Katie, and Evan go to college. We want to help them. And here's, here's, here's what I'm chooses to bless it, that amount would come go for your kids' education. Now, now that, that was decades ago, and that period of time or that business opportunity only lasted for a season, but I'm here to tell you, those kids, Abby finished Texas A&M, Katie Aggies are everywhere. They're just everywhere. Abby or Katie finished um, Walmart. Walmart. Walmart University. Katie, you didn't hear that. Belmont. Belmont University. Get my ears straight. Belmont University, and then our youngest, Evan, finished at A&M as well. No debt. 
no death. I'm trying to say to you, that wasn't anything about how super spiritual we were. It was about just trying to live at that place, Lord, you own our hearts. Please direct our steps. And then I will give us this day what you know we need. And out of nowhere, he can meet your need. Because he's your Abba. And he's the king. And he's faithful. And he's rich. And he's powerful. Amen. Lord, I ask you to take this today wherever you want this to go. Ask you to get it, help it to be set clearly within our hearts that this is where it starts. Lord, own my heart. You are the king of my heart. Own my heart. And then let it be, Lord, we're looking to your word. We're listening to your voice. Direct my steps. Direct my steps. And then, Lord, would you cause there to be just such an explosion of confidence and joy in our hearts to be able to say, Father, I'm here where you put me. Give me this day what you know I need. Give me what you know I need. Give me what you know I need. Give me what you know I need. One more time. Give me what you know I need. Thank you, Lord, that that's your heart. Thank you that that's your word. Thank you that that is the work of your spirit within our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. God is so good and oh, how he loves you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And we want you to know that we are really praying for you. Our team of intercessors pray each week for every person that would hear these messages, that the Lord would move in just the way that he knows that you need this week in this moment. We would love to hear from you and get connected. If you need prayer or just want to reach out, you can email us directly at pastorwalker at alamocity.org. You can also join us on YouTube and Facebook and even Instagram. And we even have a group just for our online church family on Facebook, all of which is linked in the show notes to this episode below. We have so many who call Alamo City home who are all across the world. as So many of us find that our homes are not dictated by geography, but by heart. If it's on your heart to give to this ministry, you can find instructions in the show notes or just visit alamocity.org. Finally, if you're able, we would love to have you join us in person on a Sunday morning in San Antonio, Texas at Alamo City Church every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We're praying that this episode leaves you fiercely encouraged and lit up with the love of Jesus. Bless you. We'll talk to you next time.